Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Danny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin Healthcare, with more Healthy Matters. And a good Sunday morning to you. Happy Easter and Passover, and we appreciate you joining us here on a Sunday morning for Healthy Matters. And if you're new to the show, thanks uh, so much for checking it out. This is a medical show. Dr. David Hilden is your host. And he is an internal, like the intro said, he's an internal medicine physician at Hennepin Health, which I had, by the way, I have to, welcome back, by the way. Thanks, you were Danny. Gone I was gone last week. Yeah, but I had the chance much. to visit that new building. I know it's relatively new. And uh, to visit some of your colleagues uh, this past week. What a great place that yeah, is. It's a nice place, isn't it? Yeah, I hope they treated you well down they there. They did. Got some coffee downstairs. Good. There's a huge coffee shop right yeah. there, right down there yeah. on the first floor. Everybody's, right everybody's so friendly. Yeah, glad to have you there. Well, happy Easter, everybody. Yeah. Or, and uh, for our Jewish uh, neighbors, uh, uh, happy Passover. Um, I did talk to I, I work with a lot of Jewish colleagues, some of my best friends. And, and so they kind of, they always educate me on what they're doing. Um, uh, for you know, Passover, seven or eight days long. I didn't. I wasn't aware it's that long. Um, I, I thought, um, and so they were telling me about their Seder meal. So to our Jewish colleagues and friends and brothers and sisters, happy Passover, and to our those who celebrate Easter, our Christian neighbors, thank or happy Easter to you. Yeah. I hope you have a lovely day and you've had a good Holy Week. Well, I will take your calls today because, as I mentioned real early this morning, we are going to do another open line show. What does that mean? That means you drive the show. Uh, Dr. Hilton's not going to be zeroing in on any particular topic. You mean it doesn't mean I, I'm open to any ideas? <laughs> well, you, you are open. To <laughs> and, and this is the show that keeps you on your toes. Keeps me on my toes. And uh, so you get your, answer your questions, uh, get your questions answered either by phone or by text. We've cleared the lines. If you want to call in your question to Dr. Hilden, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Uh, or if it's easier, send a text, 81807. Some folks want to know, what, where have you been? Yeah, I've gone a lot. Yeah, you have. Have, you know, two, was it a couple of weeks ago, I was in Puerto Rico. That was just a vacation. I think I mentioned that. But last week, I was at kind of doctor camp. Uh, I was in Philadelphia. And... Uh, and I was at the American College of Physicians, and that, that's my physician professional organization. Uh, and you might, it sounds kind of generic, but um, back in the day, 100 years ago, this was our 100th annual meeting, literally. It was really? our 100th anniversary of having 10,000 doctors all get together. At the beginning, though, you were either a physician or you were a surgeon way back 100, 150 years mm. ago, which I like to laugh at today but with my surgeon friends. You know, you're not a real physician. You're just a surgeon. <laughs> but so the American College of Physicians is internal medicine. That is my specialty. It's our physician organization. There's about 150,000 physicians in our group, which I think makes us the largest physician group in the country, or at least close. And we're, we're, uh, we meet once a year. Uh, to, it's doctor school. We, there are there's a catalog of classes you can take over the several days. There's hundreds of them. And uh, so you might go to an, a lecture about high blood pressure. You might go to a lecture about osteoporosis. And it's where we maintain our skills. And the, it's also a professional organization for networking and the like. And we're based on chapters. And 
I have a, a, a little bit of a outsized role now because the chapter that is based in Minnesota, we're a relatively large chapter. There's almost 3,000 members in Minnesota, and I have been named um, just uh, as its governor. So we're, we're congratulations. So I, I am now the the spokesperson, if you will, for the nearly 3,000 members of the Minnesota chapter of the American College of Physicians. So it helps us for networking. It helps us to stay in touch with each other. It helps us stay on top of the latest medical news, that kind of stuff. And, um, and we have a little fun while there. I had, I have to tell you, Danny, you like food. Mm-hmm. I had the best Philly cheesesteak. I was just going to ask you that. Wow. So <laughs> I, I, I learned how to order it, though. If you want to make sure you sound like an outsider, you know, say, I would like a cheesesteak with cheese, please. You know, you'll sound like an idiot. So you say whiz wit. So <laughs> you, you go to with? the counter, and I whiz wit means the whiz means you want it with cheese whiz. And we're not talking like some fancy cheese here. Oh, it's no. cheese whiz. It it's is too. liquid, That's right. chemical, yellowy it's cheese. It's like Velveeta. It's like Velveeta, yeah. And then the wit, W-I-T, means with onions. So if you say I want it with, I would like a cheesesteak with cheese whiz and with onions, you sound like an idiot. So you just say I'd like a cheesesteak with. Well, you were a tourist. Yeah. yeah. And so I, uh, it was good. Mm. I don't know if it was very healthy. I'm well, not sure he, cheese whiz is considered actually a health food. Cheese food. It's a cheese. Called? It's a cheese food like product. Now, was this one of the? I know we're getting off the topic here, <laughs> but is this one of the famous? Uh, one of the two famous. This uh, wasn't one of the most famous cheese uh, um, or cheesesteak places because the line was 45 minutes long at that one. And somebody told me, you can go to any of the guys on the street corner or true. any of the smaller ones and they'll make you a great one. So I went to another one that had just a medium long line and it was fabulous. Really? So I don't know how it could have been better, but <laughs> it was really good. In the city of Philadelphia, it was really cool. They have more great restaurants every single day in the evening. We went out for lovely restaurants, including one. I just have to give one plug. I know it's a private organization, a place called Victor's. It's a restaurant where the waiters and the waitresses, the servers, are opera singers. Oh. And that sounds hokey. It's not. They're all young. I assume they're aspiring opera singers. They take your orders, and then the guy who likes filling your water glass, he'll come back in 10 minutes, and he'll ring a little gong and say, attention, please, and then he'll break into an aria (laughs) in the restaurant. And I have learned that during the filming of Rocky, the original Rocky movie, Sylvester Stallone's crew hung out at this restaurant. And not only that, it was the scene of in the movie. So it's a great town. I had a really good time. And, yes, I did actually learn some medical stuff. It wasn't all about <laughs> cheesesteaks and Rocky and singing waiters. It was That's a great time. Great. Did you find, though, and I know we'll catch up on calls and texts, <laughs> did you find that some of the streets, I've only been to Philadelphia a couple times, but the, the, the old streets are so narrow. They're very narrow. I mean, we go on CCO tours for a motor coach to get through some of those. It's like almost impossible. I don't know how you could. Yeah, literally just a few steps across some of them. Uh, yeah. Some of the streets. Yeah, I, I went to um, one. There's the oldest tavern. I, I want people to know I actually was going to class, but I did go to this sure. one old tavern, the oldest tavern in Philadelphia. It's you know, Civil War era, and that's on a street that looks like just an alley now, and it's about ten feet across. Mm. So yeah, streets are very old. It's a little gritty. The town's gritty. It is. That's. But I love it. I'd recommend yeah. it to my anyone who's from Philly. You've come from a fun place. Well, welcome back. You'll just have to do a little more exercise. Work on that Philly have to. cheese. Seriously, that's what I'm yeah. gonna have to do. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six on this Sunday morning. If you have any kind of a health question, this is your day. It's an open line show, and if you'd rather send a text, like some folks do, that number is eight one eight zero seven eight one. 
Hey, before we do get to that, I have one more thing. Uh, I want to give a little shout-out to one a very uh, faithful Healthy Matters listener. Sure. Her name is Jeanette. Now, Jeanette is, uh, lives in South St. Paul, and I've got to know her over the years. She comes out to our state fair show every year, and um, I've, so I've got to meet her there. She's been a listener, and so she's just a lovely, lovely person. And um, Jeanette has a, has a, is recovering from a hip problem. And so I just wanted to give a little shout-out to someone who listens every week. If you're listening, Jeanette, where our thoughts are with you, and uh, happy Easter to you, and we're hopeful that uh, you'll recover quickly. All right, very good. Yeah, we'll see you at the fair. Yeah, that's right. Let's hope. Again, the text number is 81807. Uh, somebody wants to know your thoughts on measles vaccination for older adults. Well, wow, yeah. Um, I'm, measles vaccines are necessary for all, all humans. Um, now, if you're an older adult... You have very likely don't need it for the main reason that you probably had measles before the 1960s. So it depends what you mean by older. Uh, if you had measles as a child, uh, you don't, you're okay. And it's just assumed that you had measles as a child if you, if you were born before a certain year. And I believe that year is in the 50s. If you were born after that time, you definitely do. If you're Certainly if you're born in the 60s. But um, you need a measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. And most of us who are in that group did indeed get that. And so you're good to go. Um, The measles vaccine has been in the news a lot lately. And in fact, there is an Israeli flight attendant in Tel Aviv, Israel right now, whose life is on, she's on life support because she picked up measles on the airplane. I don't know if she was vaccinated or not. But um, adults die of this. And so if you did not have a mumps, measles, rubella vaccine as a child. It's a series of more than one. Or if you are, um, or if you didn't have measles as a child itself, then you should, then yes, you should be getting it. Measles is a, a interesting thing. It is extraordinarily contagious, extraordinarily. So you just have to be in the same room as somebody who had it. There was one guy who was in New York in the neighborhood. Um, I think it was around uh, Rock, no, um, it's in Brooklyn or it, near near Brooklyn near New York City, where there was a measles outbreak, and there still is. One guy went to Michigan and passed it to 40 people in Michigan, just one guy who was in New York. And so the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine is safe. Um, uh, All you have heard, to the contrary, is false. So if you are worried about it, no, nothing we give medically is perfect. There's always a downside to some things, but the downside to measles is death. And the downsides to the vaccine is very, very mild. And there is zero um, uh, evidence that it causes autism. There is no evidence whatsoever. That is a myth. And so if you are still worried about that, that is a myth. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't be worried about that. It is a safe vaccine, and um, it will save lives. So if, you're, if you know a child, I, I, I come down on the camp that children should not be allowed in public schools if they haven't been vaccinated. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it is just simply too unsafe for everybody else. People actually die of it. 1,200 people died in Madagascar. So the rest of the world would do anything to get the vaccines that we have available. So we, this, uh, this is a, a disease that we shouldn't even be talking about. So please do get your kid vaccinated. But older adults, to get to the question, if you did have measles as a child, you wouldn't need that. How about mumps and chickenpox? Yeah, they're a little different story. Um, they are uh, chicken poxes uh, also uh, has a vaccine now. But if you most of us had chicken pox as a child, and it's the same thing. So we don't recommend 
routinely that you need to get a chicken pox vaccine. The mumps vaccine comes in the measles one. Okay. The MMR one. Good. All right. We need, excuse me, take a break, but we'll be back. And answering your phone calls and text messages. I see a line is open if you want to fill it. 651-989-9226. It's an open line show today, not any particular topic. And good morning. Welcome back to our open line show here on Healthy Matters. Uh, Dr. David Hill in, in studio answering your questions by phone and by text. And as you can see, Doctor, we have a bit of both. So let's uh, get uh, to it. Uh, is it Mabel uh, from Delano? Good morning. Marvel. Okay, we had a little misspelling here. Marvel from Delano. Good morning. Good morning, sir. My question is, is a few weeks back, the doctor talked about a gentleman that's an allergy specialist that he has worked with. I am a migrainer. Most of my migraines are triggered by food allergy. I was wondering if it would be something that I should look into to possibly go to the allergy specialist if allergy shots would possibly help out because most of my migraines are triggered by food allergy. I've been to neurologists. Nothing works. Yes. <laughs> Marvel, that's a great question, actually. And um, I, I would strongly recommend that, actually. Because what you have just described is is um, is common. Um, people do have triggers in their foods. Um, there are microscopic allergens in certain food. You know, some of the protein and whatever the food is that you're you're um, allergic to. There's something in there, and that can trigger migraines. And yes, there might be. I won't say there for sure is, but there might be some good allergy immunotherapy shots that could help you out, and it could reduce the. Uh, the frequency of your migraines. Now, if you want to see John Sweet, he's my allergist. He's also my good friend. Um, uh, he, I do recommend him strongly, but you could see any allergist. If you want to see John, he's at, he's at um, in Golden Valley, so not it's halfway to Delano, maybe not halfway, but it's at least a little closer than downtown. He's at our Golden Valley Clinic on Highway 100, and um, I'll give you the number for him. It's 612-873-6963. 612-873-6963. That's Dr. John Sweet. But you could see any allergies. Maybe there's one closer to you, actually. And uh, they can do skin testing of a variety of foods. You can even tell them what you're allergic to. And um, then they can formulate a, a series of shots that are just for you. So I won't promise that that's a solution, but I think it's an extremely good idea to follow up. I think you're on to something there, Marvel. Thanks for your call. Very good. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Meanwhile, eight one eight zero seven for your text message. All right, let's take some text. A little bit more on the measles on um, vaccines. Here's a text here. It said, "I had measles, mumps, German measles, chickenpox as a child of the '60s. Can those viruses have lasting effect on the body?" And the answer is yes. They have lasting protective effect. If that's what the texture means, you're likely Im- uh, immune from those because your body is exquisitely good at uh, protecting you against something it has seen before. Now, if you mean can they have lasting adverse side effects, yes, but not very commonly. So we do talk about measles as being this horrible disease. It is horrible for some people, but for the vast majority of people, it was mild, and you don't have any ongoing effects. But there are some lasting effects in mumps. You can Men can have um, genital problems from mumps. Um, measles can lead to um, head problems, encephalitis problems. Um, but they don't usually last decades later. So um, the the problems with measles are usually neurological, but um, that's a good question as well. Um, let me um, let me go to another one here. Let's see. This one says, 
What is congestive heart failure and how is it treated? That's a huge topic. Um, Congestive heart failure, uh, heart failure is not a heart attack. Heart failure can be caused by a heart attack, but they are two different things. Heart failure is a clinical syndrome, which means it's a constellation of findings, all that stem from your heart not being strong enough to pump blood to your body. And it's, it can be due to 10, 20, 30 different causes. The most common cause is a heart attack, in, um, but there's all kinds of other ones. Graves' disease, that's a thyroid problem, can lead to heart failure. Atrial fibrillation, if it's untreated and going too fast, that can lead to heart failure. Very common cause is if your valves are leaky or don't open right. Keep in mind your your circulatory system is a one-way system. It's a plumbing system that goes one direction only. Every t- The blood goes from your left side of your heart to your body to the right side of your heart to your lungs then back to the left side of your heart. So it's a one-way system. There are four valves in your heart that open and close with every single heartbeat. And if they're leaking, the blood goes backwards. And if it goes backwards, it goes into your lungs. And if it gets into your lungs, the blood, the red part of your blood stays in the blood vessels, but the water leaks out and it leaks into your lungs. So now you've got a lung full of water. That's congestive heart failure. And the main symptom of it is I can't breathe. It's the hallmark symptom. Um, if you it's it starts out you can't breathe very well when you're walking or exerting yourself, but as it gets worse and your heart gets the pump starts to fail, your heart is a pump. If it starts to fail, um, then you get short of breath just sitting still. So it is treated with water pills and medicines to get rid of the fluid, but more importantly than that, it's treated with medications to make your heart stronger. So if you have heart failure. You must be seeing a cardiologist. Um, I, I, as an internal medicine people, see people with heart failure all the time. But always I send them then to a cardiologist specialist as well. All right. Do time for more? Absolutely. Let's take a couple more here before we have to take a break. Um, Here's one that says, what causes swelling in the ankles and feet? I am 79 years old and take three blood pressure medicines. I'm very active. Could the blood pressure meds be causing this? Yeah, swelling in the feet can be due to a lot of things. One of them is the aforementioned heart failure. If fluid can go backwards into your lungs, it can go backwards into your legs where gravity takes it down to your feet. That's one cause. Kidney failure can cause swelling in the legs. Liver failure can cause swelling in the legs. Um, Sleep apnea can cause fluid in the legs. Isn't that kind of a funny one? The most common thing is probably just bad veins. Uh, Your veins have a huge job. They have to take the blood from your feet and bring it all the way back to your heart, and they have to do it against gravity. And your veins are kind of passive little blood vessels. They have little valves in them to help, but they can can get a little tired as you get older. Um, But the question from the texter, could it be your blood pressure medicines? The answer is yes. Uh, It's not a common side effect of most blood pressure medicines, but there is one. That one is called amlodipine or any of the calcium channel blockers, does have a side effect of mild leg swelling. Not dangerous, but mild leg swelling. So if you're on any of those medicines that is a calcium channel blocker, they usually end in P-I-N-E, like amlodipine, philodipine, nifedipine. Those can cause some leg swelling. Amlodipine is the classic one. All right, again, our phone number is 651-989-9226. If it's easier, send the doctor your text message, 81807. One more here from the text line before the break. It says, a few weeks ago, Dr. Sweet, the, our, my allergist friend who was on, 
said to use filtered water in a neti pot. It should be distilled water, which is more pure. That is actually accurate. Um, thank you, Texter. He was also mentioning boiling the water. Yeah, I've I've actually boiled it. The problem because here's the honest truth. I actually use Minneapolis tap water. That is not the recommendation, though. Most of us just do that, and most of us are just fine. But there have been people who have died of impurities in the water. There were a, a few of them in, I think, the south a couple of years ago in Louisiana, and there was one in Seattle. Uh, so they can get little amoebas and little bugs and critters in your drinking water who, that can get into your brain. I, I, it's exceptionally rare, but it's not impossible. So you can boil the water, but you have to let it cool. Burning the insides of your nasal passages is not what you're after. So you can boil the water or you can use distilled water, as the texture is saying. Those are the recommendations. But that being said, the neti pot's a great thing. You it know, really I mean, is. people flush their radiators, right? That's right. Right. Well, you should flush your sinuses if you have allergies. It's great if you have allergies. It just washes out the pollen in the allergies. It really does. It makes a it big, huge difference. Yeah. All right. We need to take a break. Keep in mind, there's another half hour of the show to go, so don't go away. Call us, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. This is an open line show today. Dr. David Hilden, your host, is back and answering your questions both by phone and by text and before I throw it back to Dr. Hilden, let me give you the phone number, 651-989-9226. Text, and we have a bunch of those, 81807. Good morning. Morning. It's we nice. do have a zillion Again. text messages. Happy Easter, happy Passover. Yeah, happy Passover, happy Easter to all of you. Are you going to do something, you know, a little Easter dinner today? I think a little uh, ham might be in order. Yeah, I was thinking of painting my basement. <laughs> happy. Seriously, happy. seriously, I am going to my sister's for an Easter dinner, but you know we're we're redoing our basement, and I'm getting fired up about it because it oh, looks pretty good. Yeah, well, so that's good. Well, we're just redoing the laundry room, and we're having some mechanical stuff done. But you know how one little house project turns into oh, a big one. Tell me about it. I mean, literally, literally, we had a leaky faucet and ended up you know being a, like a complete bathroom job. But yeah, anyway, one so thing I, leads to. So another. I am gonna I am gonna have an Easter um, um, uh, festivities with good. the family, but I'm kind of kidding. I, I was. It actually sounds kind of fun to just to go home and paint. Paint. Today. It's yeah. kind of therapy. Boy, <laughs> real buzzkill I am, huh? I'm going to paint on Easter. Well, in the meantime, you can answer some questions here. I will do that. We have a lot of them here, and I will do just that. Um, I want to um, do a couple, uh, let people um, know about a couple of things. Um, so the first one is our uh, a recurring event that is very popular in Hennepin Healthcare is Melanoma Monday. And no, we're not going to give you melanoma, but we're going to check to see if you have it. And Melanoma Monday is coming up on Monday, May 6th. It's from noon to 3.30. It is a free way to get cancer screening of the skin. Skin cancer is the most common cancer of all. They're of all cancers. Now, melanoma is not. But melanoma is the one that you really need to know about. There's basal cell carcinoma. There's... um. Uh, squamous cell carcinoma, and there's melanoma. Melanoma is the one that's very dangerous and indeed life-threatening. So the only way to really check is to have a skin test. And so it's done for free with a Hennepin Healthcare Dermatology team member. You'll meet some of those team members on next week's show because our show next week is going to be with two dermatologists. Mm. Um, we're going to have Dr. Sarah Heilwa here, and we're going to have Dr. Aaron Luxemburg-Hammer, who's been on before. Um, Sarah has not, but Aaron has. We're going to talk about melanoma. We're going to talk about cosmetic skin problems. But I want you to know about Melanoma Monday. It is Monday, May 6th from noon to 3.30. Free skin cancer screenings available. It's at the Clinic and Specialty Center in downtown Minneapolis at 8th and Park. Parking is right there underneath um, uh, on site. 
you want more information, go to www.hennepinhealthcare.org slash Melanoma Monday. That is Monday, May 6th, from noon to 3.30, Melanoma Monday. And be sure to tune in next week to this show, and we'll talk a lot more about skin cancer. And we'll also talk about some non-cancerous skin conditions because we have a full range of dermatology services that you're going to want to hear about it. So tune in next week as well. Very good. Should I go to the well, – yeah, a couple more text messages and then we, then we'll we are filling the phone, up sure. – oh, then we'll, I'll do a couple more because sure. they've been here on the text line since the very beginning. And I think this one came in at the very beginning of the show. Do whole body vibration machines increase bone density? And uh, I'm here's perfectly honest. I have no idea. I do not know. Uh, but osteoporosis is bone mineral density, and you're, it is well known that weight-bearing exercises are helpful, and that is what we do recommend. I don't have never recommended vibration machines. It it uh, it sounds kind of goofy to me. It sounds like something you maybe saw in, but. Um, I, I just simply don't know, but I do know that it is not a recommended way to do your um, to to increase your bones. Weight bearing exercise, physical activity, getting enough calcium and vitamin D in your in your blood, and if you do indeed have osteoporosis, you might want to consider a medication to help out with that. I, I so I wouldn't recommend whole body vibration machines. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's go to the phones. Uh, David is calling from St. Paul. Uh, David, go ahead. You're on CCO. Hi, happy Easter, guys. You too, David. So on my uh, on my pointer finger on the outside, I have a cut that resembles a volcano, and I get paper cuts quite often. And the it hardens, so I get the paper cut, it bleeds, it hardens, and then I get another one, it hardens, I get another one, and now I basically have like X's or multiple X's, and it's just it's starting to get pretty gigantic. What can, I've tried Neosporin, I've tried other uh, other medications, but it seems never go away. Yeah, and David, it's I had hard? It, I had it for about eight months. And you say it they're is, hard? Um, it's hard underneath, um, but then then some days it's soft as, like, you get, like, butter. Yeah, do you, does anything ever drain out of them, a fluid? Never. Just blood. <laughs> yeah, that's, so something's not healing right. Um, and, and, and I don't know what it is, but two things come to mind. One is the premise that, yes, it is healing, and these are just scars, and that, you know, some people's skin forms what's called keloids and is simply a scar of a healed wound on your skin. It doesn't sound like that might be you, but that's a that's definitely a possibility. Um, it's more common in people of African descent, but that is something. It's just scarring. Secondly, it is goes under the premise that it's not healing and that these are mildly inflamed or infected wounds, and underneath the skin you could have a little inflammation with or without accompanying infection and and it's just just under the skin and so it's a case, it's just the skin isn't allowed to heal over it very well i don't know without looking at it but i i would have these existing ones looked at in fact i would go to a dermatologist uh, that's who i would go to to see um what might be going on with that and then for any future cut Make sure you're probably doing this, but make sure it's washed out extremely well. Squeeze it so it bleeds even more because that blood actually cleans it out. If it's just a little paper cut, um, it can, you know, you can literally squeeze it and and the blood cleans it out by bleeding. And then wash the heck out of it with warm water, warm soapy water, um, and then do what you're doing. Put an antibiotic ointment over it and, and so really clean it up well. 
But I would have those looked at by a skin doctor. I don't know if they're healing or not or if this is just scarring. But it's a little unusual, David. That's that's what I do right. recommend. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure why either. You know, it's approaching it's, three quarters of a year. Going yeah, that's this. not normal. Yeah, David, that's just not normal. And you know, paper cut, you shouldn't see anything. You shouldn't see anything like the next day. It's that mild. So something is going on with your body is not healing upright on those. Um, definitely have go have that looked at. I'm not sure what that is to be honest. All right, let's uh, thank you, David. Let's go to Hackensack. I think Bob is waiting there. Bob, you're on with the doctor. Okay. Go ahead, Bob. Don't listen to your radio now. Don't right. listen to it? Yeah, no. you, got, you got to turn the radio off, Bob. Okay. Are you there, Bob? Yes. Go ahead with your question, please. My question is, uh, are there any new treatments for Lyme disease? There aren't any new ones, but there are very effective old ones. Um, uh, very effective is maybe a... Uh, subjective term, but there are effective ones. So Lyme disease is caused by a spirochete, a little bacteria that's shaped like a spiral, kind of like a corkscrew, called Bergdorfia borrelii. That's the name of it, named after some guy named Bergdorf. It is carried on animals that are very prevalent in this part of the country, particularly north and east of the metro area. I like to say that it take a line of Interstate 94 from Fargo to Minneapolis. Everything north of that is in rough shape. Um, for Lyme disease. But, 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 you can get it down in Blue Earth County, too. You can get it down in Iowa. So it's all over. And, in fact, it's expanding. It's carried by the black-legged tick. That tick is on mice mostly, but it can be on deer. Deer is a big host of it, and it jumps on you, and it gives you Lyme disease. You want to know about the treatments, though. This is an, a bacterial infection that if, if you have, um, honest-to-goodness, Lyme disease infection, you need an antibiotic. Those antibiotics are effective. What um, uh, if you take it for the recommended period of time? We often tell people if you live in one of these areas and you were bit by a tick, particularly if you got a rash, that you should take a dose of antibiotics and just to prevent it from happening. Um, if you have a full blown infection, that that um, treatment course is longer. It's you know not just a few days; it's more in a matter of weeks, and that's effective. Um, and there are several antibiotics to choose from. There is a sense of some people that there is a chronic Lyme disease. That is not a real thing. But there is a chronic symptom complex that can happen after Lyme disease where you can be fatigued and tired and um, have some joint pain. And really, you can have symptoms that are ongoing. That's a real thing. It's this post-Lyme disease inflammatory syndrome that we're not exactly clear on what causes in some people. But that situation does not represent an active infection, so you don't need on, you do not need antibiotics for months and months and months for Lyme disease. But you do need them at the initial treatment. So go see an infectious disease specialist if you're worried, and um, they can take care of you. All right, we need to take a real fast break. Uh, we have callers, we have textures, we want to help out here on Healthy Matters. So stay with us. Good morning, welcome back to Healthy Matters. We're around every Sunday morning here on CCO. A Healthy Matters uh, presented by Hennepin Healthcare. Here again is Dr. David Hill. And as you can see, Doctor, we have callers, we have textures. Thanks, Danny. Let's try to get, uh, let's go, why don't we go to the phone lines because sure. they've, they've been on the phone. All right. Uh, Bill is calling from Blaine, I believe. Bill, you're on with the doctor. Hey, good morning. Happy Easter. Yeah. He was risen. Say, uh, I just wanted to ask a question about skin cancer. I've been producing these lesions on my uh, head, my hand, my. Uh, arm. Last time I went into the dermatologist, um, she indicated that they're probably 
uh, squamous cell again, that which I've had before. And this time around, she gave me a medication called imiquimod that is apparently supposed to help draw them out, I guess. I was just wondering what you think of this medication and what you happen to know about that. Great question, Bill, and happy Easter to you. Um, imiquinod, oh, imiquinod, I can't even say it. It's too early in the morning. It's an immune modulator. What's the problem with skin cancers is that skin cells are growing uncontrollably. And our skin is always growing. The skin cells are sloughing off and regrowing all the time, and sometimes they just get out of whack. Squamous cell is of the kind that doesn't tend to spread to the rest of your body, so that is good. So we can try a little more conservative methods such as medications, and this modulates your immune system to try to prevent that growth. It wouldn't be appropriate for me to say much more than that about it because I simply don't know um, its exact mechanism of action. But I do know that it's an acceptable treatment for squamous cell. You wouldn't do it for melanoma. You wouldn't do it because that does spread. Melanoma needs to be cut out and eradicated. But basal cells and squamous cell cancers, which are indeed cancer, but they tend not to spread, are can be treated topically with medications or with um, or uh, systemic medication. So it is an accepted treatment. I'd give it a shot. I think it's really worth doing in your case, but um, particularly if you're catching these things early. All right. Thanks, Bill. You want to grab some text messages? We have yeah, plenty let, of them. Oh, yeah. There's just a lot of them here. So let me let me get to this one that says, um, here's a runner, so I got to do that. I have um, peroneal tendinitis, um, or some people say perineal tendinitis, um, after running my 43rd marathon one year ago. 43 of them. I've had chiropractic monthly and PT still tight. Is it just a matter of time? Yeah, probably. That's the tendon behind your knee. Um, and, and in your lower leg, um, more physical therapy, continue to stretch, continue to be active. I think you're seeing the, the consequences of having run 43 marathons and all of the training um, that has led up to that. That might be uh, the price you're paying for such um, um, uh, uh, rigorous um, uh, running. So I think that it might be a matter of time before that heals. I wouldn't do anything further with that one. Um, let, let's see this one. Huh. My hepatitis C shot is 10 years old, and I'm going to Russia in August. Is it effective? There's something up with that text because there is no hepatitis C shot. So you didn't get a hepatitis C vaccine. There, isn't, there is no such thing. You could have got a hepatitis A vaccine, or you could have got a hepatitis B vaccine. Both of those are recommended for travelers. So um, uh, hepatitis A comes from food. So I strongly recommend that you got the two shots for hepatitis A um, they're spaced out by, I think, five months. And hepatitis B is due to blood and body fluids, a little less likely unless you're, um, con- you're in contact with blood or body fluids while traveling. But hepatitis B is a three-shot series. There is no hepatitis C. Now, if in the past you got hepatitis C and you're immune to it, yes, you'd still be immune to it today. But there's no shot to help with that. Uh, let's see. Here's um, something that says... Uh, how do you feel about adults getting the shingles vaccine? I am 54, and it was suggested at my last physical. I do recommend it. It's not like one of these life-saving vaccines that we strongly recommend and we just hound people to get. It is also not like the measles vaccine. All people should have that. But the shingles vaccine is recommended for, and now I'm recommending it to all adults. It is safe. It is highly effective. The older shingle vaccine that you maybe um, have heard about 10 years ago, um, called Zostavax, was pretty good. But it, was, it pales in comparison to the new one, Shingrix is the brand name. 
um, which is highly effective, is really good. Now, shingles is usually a mild two- to three-week illness in most people, and they never hear about it again, so it's no big deal. But in a certain percentage of patients, a minority, but not a small minority, 10%, 20% of people, they will get what's called post-herpetic neuralgia, which means you get a pain in the area of where your shingles rash was that never goes away, or it may takes months or years to go away. So imagine having like the pain of a sunburn forever. That can be really a quality of life issue. So I do recommend the Shingrix vaccine. The problem with, with it is that it's in such short supply. Most places are on many months waiting list right now, and I don't know why that is. I think the manufacturer got taken by surprise at how effective their own product was. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. I can't figure it out, but we're, we're back-ordered so many months, it's ridiculous. But yes, if you can get your hands on it. I think the waiting list at your local drugstore is hundreds of people long, thousands of people wow. long. That's at your local drugstore, and the drugstore chains have bargaining and purchasing um, clout, so they get it first. Um, but your insurance might not cover it if you get it at a drugstore, and it's likely to cover it if you get it at your clinic. At least that's what I've been told. Okay. All right. Here's a, do we have time for another yep. one? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Here's one about uh, a little outside my area of expertise, but, but we haven't talked about it. It's about breast implants. What can you tell us about the safety of aged breast implants? What to do about them and the finding of a recent Washington hearings on the topic? I do not know about the Washington hearings, but there were breast implants a couple of decades ago that were not safe, and they were recommended to be taken out. Those had some silicone in it. To the best of my knowledge, and that's a big caveat because this is way outside of my area of expertise, but to my knowledge, current breast implants are much safer. And that if you're not having any trouble with them, they're not leaking or anything like that, that I wouldn't do anything about them. I'd probably leave them there. But um, take that with a huge grain of salt because I am not an expert. I would talk to your breast surgeon who put them in and say, hey, these have been in here a long time. Are they still safe? Let's take one more. I think we have time for one more text maybe. Just one. All right. Here's one that says, I have noticed the tips of my fingers on my right hand being numb when my hand gets cold. Is this something I should be worried about? It could be something. um, It could be a neuropathy, but more likely it's Raynaud's, which is a little vascular problem in your hands. Um, That often is accompanied by white blotchy skin on the tips of your fingers. I would see, um, start with your primary care doctor, but then a rheumatologist is the person you would see about that. In and of itself, Raynaud's is very common and doesn't have a whole lot of impact on anything else in your life and no, you don't have to worry about it. But it can be part of a larger rheumatologic syndrome that includes other joint problems or other, other mm-hmm. organ problems. So maybe a single trip to either a neurologist or a rheumatologist is what I'd recommend to that texture. We have about a minute. Maybe we should repeat the, the about Melanoma Monday. Melanoma Monday. It sounds kind of like a funny thing, but it's Monday, May 6th. I'm going to have it's, – it's from noon to 3.30, and you can, just like our previous caller who had squamous cell skin cancers, you can have your skin examined by a trained professional for free. It is Monday, May 6th, from noon to 3.30, at the, um, with Hennepin Healthcare Dermatology staff members. You'll meet some of them next week on the show. We're going to have two dermatologists on the show to talk about melanoma and to talk about other cosmetic non-cancerous skin problems. Um, the free skin cancer screenings are available at the Clinic and Specialty Center in downtown Minneapolis at 8th and Park. Uh, it is Monday, May 6th, from noon to 3. We would like you to sign up for an appointment, even though they're free. Please sign up at www.hennepinhealthcare.org slash Melanoma Monday. Please do sign up. And do it now because those fill up always. Big time. And next week, yeah, we'll have another show next week. We hope you join us 
Uh, next Sunday morning for more Healthy Matters. You have a great week. Happy Easter again. Thank you. Happy Easter to everybody get, else. Get to painting that basement. No. <laughs> All right.